Hi, I'm Diane Earnshaw, founder of Vox Pops International, and I'd like to introduce you to our podcast series, Expert Voices. During this season, I'll be chatting to research professionals and leaders in their field about how they use and how they integrate insights, video and strategy in order to get great cut through in their companies. Welcome, Di. Hi, Alice. <laughs> How are you? I'm very well. This all feels very formal. <laughs> so we'll go straight into the first question. So obviously you are the founder of Vox Pops International and you've been that for over 30 years now. Um, so it's kind of hard to disassociate you from the company, really. You are the company. But what were you doing before VPI and kind of what drove you to be who you are? Right. Well, obviously, 30 years has gone in a flash. And it's not just about me. It's about everybody who's worked for the company. Everyone's been amazing. So essentially, I came from originally, I came from an advertising background. And obviously, in an ad, ad agency, it's all about com communication and kind of getting the message out to people. And basically, what happened was, and this is going to be really, but it was at the beginning of when the EU was taking shape. And market research across different European countries was really different. So, for example, in France, when they used to run focus groups, they used to run them in a sort of almost like a laboratory sort of environment. And then in another country, they do it in a different way. So you doing something on video kind of made sure it would basically came from the fact that doing it on video would mean that everything was the same. The methodology was the same. You'd have an interviewer talking to people. The video element was because it, it just seemed to make so much sense to actually interview people on camera and then use videos to bring the consumers to life. I suppose that consumers to life bit did come from my original ad, ad agency background. So that's kind of how it happened. It just started and it was very much, oh, well, let's have a go. <laughs> and that's what happened. And, and let's have a go. And I did have a go. That kind of leads us nicely onto the next question. So you spoke about that you were in advertising. So how has that kind of helped you in your current role as managing director? Well, I suppose it's, again, with ad advertising, it's very much about getting the message out and it's always about selling a message in a way, selling a brand, that sort of thing. So I've always had that eye on that. Um, so I wouldn't say I'm a sort of a natural born, true market researcher. Um, I did do research and I've conducted research and I've written research reports, et cetera, et cetera. But my real love is actually sort of more of the marketing, the comms side of things which is what has kind of driven me with Vox Pops and using video. And it's always been very much about, you know, it's not just about finding things out. It's about how do you communicate what you're finding out? So I think actually that's probably where it came from very, very sort of originally. Is that, is that answer? I don't know if that answers yeah, your question or not. Yeah. Question. yeah. yeah. Um, and then kind of obviously you, you, you are the founder of EPI, but you are also a person. And so what, what kind of, What's it been like juggling your personal life with a business? Um, how do you how do you do it? So I think how have I done it? First of all, I've got because um, obviously I've got three children as well, and um, so, but I've been very very lucky with my partner. He's been completely supportive, and it's been very much a team thing. You know, we've done it together. We brought the children up together, and we've done we've worked with the business. And then I really do think it's about having had the most amazing people who've worked for Vox Pops, you know, from the very first person who I started working with, her name was Rebecca, all the way through to people like Helen, Adam, Steve, Andy, and it's gone on and on and on. And it's just been the people. The people have been 
phenomenal. I always hear you kind of talking about names of people that have kind of worked at the company and you speak so like fondly of them. Um, do you kind of still keep in contact with a lot of people? Are they, have they gone across the globe? But what Some of them have. Quite a few ended up in Australia. <laughs> trying to get away now just kidding um but they've they've done fantastic things in australia i do keep in touch but now these days it's more kind of linkedin type of thing um but you never know maybe we'll have a vox pots reunion one day there'll be a lot of people there. Yeah. <laughs> um so kind of going back into the subject of sort of video um and vpi itself um what kind of made you pursue a career in video well I don't know how many, how much and market research was either quant or qual. So I've always liked the qual side and talking to people and the video element sort of followed on from that. I also had a really, really great mate who uh, back in my 20s, who was an aspiring film director. So I used to talk to him about it a lot. And it was just kind of it just went on from there. I just love the visual element of it. And to me, it's it's it just brings somebody to life so much more than talking about them and reading about them and, you know, having the stats on them or sort of just in quotes so it was all about bringing it to life and obviously videos come a long way in 30 years oh, yes. so <laughs> oh yes what was it like when you were sort of first producing these videos and how does that compare oh my god it's well obviously technology has changed everything so uh, to, i'll give you an idea of one of the jobs that i did right so i used to be the person who kind of would go out and do the interviewing i speak a little bit of french and one of literally the first jobs that i did was to go and interview people on both sides of the channel at the ports, um, talking to them about kind of what did they think of the forthcoming Eurotunnel and sort of how they felt about going under the under the under the channel and all that sort of thing. So that was kind of one of the first jobs that I ever did. And literally we did the filming in one of the ports and then we got on the ferry, went across to the other side, stayed the night and then did the interviewing the next day there. So that was quite fun. The other thing that I remember doing is I was actually nine literally nine months pregnant. And it was in the days where we didn't have our own editing equipment. It's not like it is today. So we used to go to an editing suite. This editing suite was um, three floors up in Lots Road, a little studio. And um, I literally, I was nine months pregnant, walked up this thing. We used to stay up all night. And the problem with then was that you you do an edit. Um, and, and if there had been any changes, it's not like now where you can just cut and paste and take things out. We literally, to keep the quality, would have to start all over again. So it, it just took forever. And doing graphics, you know, you'd have a separate computer for graphics, which then brought it across. It was just it was just ridiculous how, I mean, now when you look back and you just think how long it used to take to do. Um, so you just had to try and get it right first time. You didn't have the luxury of like, oh, well, let's put in lots of quotes and then we can cut it back or add some in. It was just literally one take and we try and get one take as much as possible. So it's so different, so different. I think kind of we're all very lucky to have sort of Premiere Pro and After Effects and you can just sort of click it and do what it does and rather than sort of sitting there cutting bits of film out and yeah, I don't know what I'd do if I had to. Yeah, but although, you know, it's interesting because I also think people realised the, the, the art to video, that it wasn't just, because now there's much more, you know, with iPhones and phones, people go, oh, well, anyone can film, anyone can edit and actually... They can't, but it, it's it's more, it's it's quicker. And also the pressure now to sort of get something done so fast because people can just think, oh, well, you can just do it really quickly. Whereas I think in those days, there was a bit more acceptance. Actually, it would take a bit longer. So maybe there was a little bit less pressure. Yeah, no, I think that, that 
you know, media and video and audio, there is an art to it and not everyone can do it, but it's one of those things that maybe people do think that they, they can do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so whilst the company has obviously been a success, um, we're wondering if there have been any kind of challenges that you've come across over the years um, at all whilst kind of running VPI. So obviously the challenge is running a small business. I could do a whole podcast series on, you know, how to run a small business or a business. But yes, there are obviously challenges. The main thing is always um, peaks and troughs. You know, sometimes we'll be absolutely manically busy and doing three months worth of work in like one one month. And then you might have three months when you don't have as much work. So obviously that's kind of from a kind of financial running of a company perspective, that's always a big challenge. And I think that's the same for most businesses. Um, so that that that's the that's one of the challenges. And then the operational challenges that, you know, when we've had, for example, oh, so many years ago, we did a massive job for Nokia where we were interviewing and filming in like 23 countries. And we literally had to take on about 20 people just to help run this project. So we had to find new premises. We had to find somewhere to put everybody. And that was a really, that was a pretty massive thing. So it's kind of financially, operationally. And then the other thing is, is people, you know, if people leave, then obviously they take a lot of knowledge away with them. So it's it's kind of, I think these are the things, issues that a lot of people deal with. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of, it's so there have been issues. There have been challenges. Um, I think one of the biggest things is just to be stubborn and just to say, I'm never going to give up. I'm going to keep trying. I'm trying and talk to people. And again, back to communicating with people and just saying to people and being honest with people and just saying, oh, gosh, you know, we're not that busy at the moment. We could fit you in. We can do a small job. And just just to keep going, I think it's it's hard just to keep going. And, and that's 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 the biggest thing is kind of uh, what's the word? Persistence, being persistent. <laughs> it sounds like you have to wear like a lot of hats and juggle lots of different things. Is there something that you've, um, is there sort of a a trait that you've had to learn that you never thought that you would have to? Patience, maybe, <laughs> maybe a little bit of patience. Um, but you know, at the very beginning, it was great. It, we had such a lot of fun. You know, I remember doing, um, I used to do quite a few conferences and talk at conferences. And I remember doing a conference um, for, it was marketing week then, conferences. And uh, it was, the the topic was young, free and single. And literally I was young, free and single at the time. So I just got loads of mates together and we'd have a couple of groups of us. And we literally were just filming in people's hat in our homes. And it was the days where you could smoke, you know, so like it was fog filled rooms full of smoke. And then we'd present this at the conference and people talking about sort of like the, how they felt when they were young, free and single. And things like that were really good fun. And I really enjoyed actually working on some interesting projects that weren't necessarily being driven by clients, but just for us. So that's kind of something I'd like to go back to a lot more, kind of doing passion projects. Yeah, no, those are the things that always kind of like spark a little bit of like light in your heart. I mean, you can just, you're able to kind of do stuff that you're interested in. It's great to do videos for other people and, you know, learn about their companies. But when it's something that, you're passionate about it kind of feels different yeah and we have had some very very odd very sort of interesting projects over the years as well I don't know if you've heard about them tell me about them well there was one uh, only a couple of years ago where we were talking to people over 60 about their sex habits and what sex toys they were using and that sort of thing that was quite funny um yeah so you know we've we've done everything we have covered every single topic you can imagine it's like oh 
so you are you're obviously in the business of bringing kind of people to life and bringing people's stories to life yeah and like what are the main challenges of working with sort of real people from across the globe well i i I don't see it as a challenge i see it as a kind of fun you know it's opportunity the chance to talk to people get hear what they've got to say you know we've had some amazing things where we've been out in india and the Philippines and even and Africa as well, you know, talking to people about how water is impacting is impacting their lives and or lack of water or, you know, we've also spoken to we did a big, big series with um, a very huge company, well, Unilever, basically, where we were talking to mothers about their roles. And, you know, we did us um, we did one where we we're talking to Muslim women about their roles. And, you know, so actually things like that have been so interesting. So, so, so interesting. I love those kind of projects. They sound like quite sensitive subjects as well. So like how do you and the company kind of go about making sure you're doing Yeah, well, it's always about trying to match the the crew and the interviewer with the person who they're interviewing. So you would put in somebody who's sensitive to that person. So if you're talking, say, to somebody who's a bit more vulnerable, you'd make sure that you have someone who's very open and kind. You know, you kind of try and match people as much as you possibly can and it's all uh you know it's all about being very open-ended questions and listening listening to people um and and trying to draw things out so I think that's kind of that's absolutely crucial you need people who aren't going to be arrogant and just want to hear their own voices you know it's kind of much more about you're 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 enabling someone else to talk really yeah no definitely and then kind of on the topic of projects that you've worked on are there any that really stand out to you that you've enjoyed the most or um the people that you've worked with um that have made it kind of fun and exciting God, it's so hard there are so many I mean I think that Nokia one that will always stand out in my head because it was just such a massive project and it was just so so exciting it was really quite an incredible project but equally the Unilever ones I think they have to be you know one of the one of the standout things that the company's ever done um, but we've got, oh my goodness, we've got so many, you know, so, so many. We'd have to go sit down and literally watch them all. We'd have to do one of those cinema sessions, you know, where we'll be watching them go, oh my God, I remember that one. Uh, but we've got we've so many, so, so many. Yeah. So obviously it says it in the name, Box Pops International. How do you go about running sort of international projects? Again, that's changed a lot over the years. As you can imagine, once upon a time, it's like, oh, who, who do you know in a, in a country, you know, and try and contact people. Um, these days we do it obviously through different means, LinkedIn, you know, social media, all kinds of things help get the contacts. But to run an international project is actually quite complex, um, especially if you're running through different time zones, because you can imagine, you know, you've you've got to try and coordinate it for everything from South America through to through to India, China, or whatever. Um, but essentially over the years we've developed so many best practices and obviously with the help of the internet we can we put things up so that you know we go through with our producers and our camera people in those countries we sort of basically work with them and explain and show them exactly what we're looking for so it does minimize the kind of the you know the problems I mean it used to be very very erratic you know one person would give you a fantastic fantastic interview footage and video and another person would just be absolute rubbish you know filmed all over the place so that's kind of one of the things that we do do in with the sort of international thing now and then kind of what has made you most proud about what you've achieved so whether that's the people that you've worked with or 
how far Vox Pops has come, what's what are you most proud of? I think all of those. I think the fact that I think so there are different different levels. I'm very, very proud that the company's kept going and has stayed relevant. Um, and that's been down to the people and also bringing in new things. Never been, never be afraid of trying new things or trying new services, new technology, moving on. You know, like we, we've tried, um, we've, we do things like, for example, um, interactive video now. And it's always, always, always keeping your mindset. It's always been keep, keep moving. It's momentum. Never stay still. Never just assume. Always wake up in the day and go, what can I do differently? You know, should this be the way? I mean, sometimes it's like, don't do anything differently. But it's, it's having that question, can I change? Can I change something? What can we do? So that's one of the things, just the fact that it's kept going for so long and Box Pops International, was, you know, is, it's, we set it up, as you said, over, over 30 years ago, set it up. And um, even now other companies in the market have pinched our names even, you know, so that's kind of like, you know, imitation is the finest form of flattery and all the rest of it. So, you know, I think that's fantastic. I think I'm so happy that people are using video much more in research and in insight. I think that's that's wonderful. I'm so happy, again, very proud of the people who've been at Vox Pops and who've gone on and had amazing careers, either with or without us, you know, and I just think that's wonderful to have seen so many bright young people come through and then flourish. I'm very proud of that. Very proud of the fact it's given uh, John and I a really lovely, you know, lifestyle. Um, and we've been able to bring up three kids who have also you know, amazing. So there are so many things I'm proud about on so many levels. Yeah, it's it's really cool. So you spoke about innovation there. What innovative um, services have you brought in? Yeah, because we mentioned a few. The other massive thing that started to happen was um, animation. So again, it goes back to this thing that it started off with people would produce lots and lots of data. And it's actually how do you produce, you can virtually produce a report in, a, in video format and then it was like moving on from okay it doesn't need to be just talking heads with kind of a few texts and graphics it can actually be animation so that's been quite a big thing sort of producing animation animations report sort of taking a report and animating it so you can fit so much in and it doesn't just have to be animation you can also then include some talking heads and like video clips as well but I think that was one of the biggest things because I was a real you know gosh again I think one of the very first clients who did that was Unilever, you know, where they said, actually, yeah, let's let's produce an animated report. Um, and then obviously we've gone on from that. And I've already mentioned that we did automated animations or we've done, um, you know, all kinds of other things to the point where our animation department or animation studio now has grown so much that we've actually had intro titles in a on a Channel 4 show. So, you know, it's kind of it's been great to see that um, creativity and really kind of pushing the boundaries in, in that sense. And for sure, research and insight have caught up with all that because, um, you know, having infographics was quite common. So this is actually a step a step on from infographics. It's kind of like video infographics. So I'd say that was kind of one of the, the big things. The other service I haven't mentioned, which has been huge for video, is segmentation. Um, I mean, that Nokia one, the Nokia project was segmentation. But essentially, segmentation... I'm not going to preach to the you know people who know already, but segmentation is is you look at your customer database and you um, divide it up into kind of type typographies, you know types of people, etc. Um, and having video of of those types of people of the different segment segments is such a powerful way 
of of bringing them to life and sharing through the companies. So we've done it. Oh my goodness, I can't tell you how many companies you know even who have used that. But it, you know, normally companies are spending a lot of money on doing these segmentation profiling and and these projects. So actually having the video alongside it, it just means that non research people can really get it. So you could share it with, you know, your you can share it with the shop floor, you can share it with your salespeople, you can all kinds of people and it goes across the board. So that's that's been a huge, huge thing. And in fact, segmentation is probably one of the first ways that people were using video, you know, to our our kind of videos anyway, to bring it to life. Yeah. And segmentations, they almost seem kind of more relevant than ever at the moment, especially the way that the world's going. Yeah. Um, so it's always yeah. great to kind of know who your customer is. Well, it's quite funny, actually, because video diaries have come back in fashion, mainly with us because of COVID and obviously being able to interview remotely. But actually, weirdly, we did video diaries over 25 years ago. And I've still got this most amazing video of these kids, you know, filming themselves and they're kind of in London and skateboarding and all the rest of it. So video diaries is new, but not new. But that's often happens with these things. I mean, Vox Pops, you know, are kind of street interviews we've been doing forever and we'll have still have people going, oh, I didn't know those existed. You know, I don't I didn't know you could do that. So it's kind of new and not new. But I think it's always it's more about looking at what companies or people's pains are and what, what it is they need. Um, and then you need some brave clients who will go, do you know what? I'll try that. I'll, I'll you know, I'll give that a go. So it's like I said, for the interactive video, you know, Sky were really on board with that. And they were like, yeah, actually, this could be really, really good. Um, we've also done things like automated animations. And again, that came from the guys who worked for us. It came from Pete and David and they had this idea and it was just, and then it's looking at an idea and going, do you know what? Why not? Let's give it a go. You know, and I think that's what you can do. I've always had this analogy where if you're a small company, you're a bit like a speedboat, you know, you can zip through the water and you can change quite fast. If you're like a really, really big company, you're like a tanker. And it can take ages to turn things around and it takes, a you know, it's quite hard to do. So I think we're like that. And I think as long as, so ideas come from everywhere. They can also, it could be something you read in a magazine or on, online or whatever. But also the people who work within the company, I think it's important to make sure they have a voice. And if they come up with a really great idea, it's like, yep, as Guy will know, who's behind the camera. I'm desperate to do Vox Pops live on location one day. <laughs> but uh, you know, but anyway, so you know, the, it's always coming up with ideas and just. And I think just having the attitude, a can-do attitude, it's like, yeah, we can do it. Why not? Let's try it. You know. I remember you showed me um, one of the first video diaries, and it was so like early 2000s. And it was the kids like in the beds being like, oh, I love this. And oh god, we've got some old footage um, of going back of when mobile phones were first in. And these kids talking about mobile phones and this girl in Birmingham, I'll never forget her, you know, reciting off what her Nokia did or whatever. And I mean, now you think, oh, my goodness, that woman's probably about like 40, you know, in her 40s. It's just like, yeah, it's crazy. It is mad. I was looking at a video of children, um, Fox Pops that we done with children on the street. And I don't know how long ago it was. But I looked at it and there was like an eight-year-old. And I thought, he's probably about 30 now. Like, I know. And he's I know. saying like how much is Christmas he thinks his parents spend on Christmas. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, now he probably may, may be his parent or something. <laughs> no, I know. It's mad. It's crazy. It's really strange. So to kind of wrap it all up, what makes, what would you say makes video so powerful? Uh, well, it, it's, it's, it's bringing people's stories to life 100%. And so, you know, you can have all the statistics in the world and, you know, X percent do this, X percent do that. But then you have one voice in there 
where they're explaining what's happened to them or what they think about something. And it's just hearing that. I think it just gets such cut through. I mean, that is why media is so popular now. You know, that's why, you know, you've got Netflix, you've got, you know, you've got everything, you've got all the streaming. Everybody loves content. So I think for research and insight, it's it's people don't have the time to just sit and listen or what goes through like really big presentations with lots of slides. But you give them like a five minute video, which just encapsulates it all. And it, they immediately they get it and they remember it. That's the most important thing. You know, if you see, if you listen to somebody and you watch somebody, you're much more likely to remember. Um, so I think, I mean, it's got a massive place in, in, in insight now, which is great. You know, now it's not, oh gosh, when I first started, you know, the people in the market research would be like, the video is not real research, is it? Talking to people on camera, it's not real research. And I used to say, yes, it is real research. You know, it's like we're interviewing people, we're talking to people, they're sharing their opinions. Of course, it's research. You know, it is research. But now it's much more accepted. And now everybody, most research agencies will have a like a little video arm or do something. Um, so it's, comp it's so different. And I think that's a great step forward. So it's kind of what happens next, you know, whether they have their own little research TV channels or, you know, it could, it could go in lots and lots of places. Um, so, yeah, and... Companies who don't have it, I think, um, I think need to need to wake up really, and they they obviously I would say that, but they do they definitely do need video video, yeah. So what's the Vox Pop's legacy? So one of obviously I've you know it's been going for over thirty years, and you know as one of the big I've, I've mentioned how kind of how important the team and the people who've worked for the company have always been. So one of the things for me because this was kind of my first baby, my first child is that I've wanted to make sure that that continues beyond me, you know, when I'm in retiring or whatever I do. Not that I'm going to retire completely, but, you know, essentially I wanted to make sure, I wanted to ensure that that, that carries on and there's a legacy. So one of the things that we have done is the company's become an employee-owned um, company and that's giving the people who work in the company the opportunity to to take it on um, and and keep going with it. So, you know, my dream is that Vox Pops will still be here in another 30 years time. Um, I might not be here in 30 years time, but, you know, that the company's here in 30 years time and still doing the same thing, you know, still bringing, you know, still bringing people to life, making companies think about their customers um, as real people and like um, t hearing their stories. So that's kind of that's the legacy that I sort of want to leave with Vox Pops. Thanks so much for taking part and chatting with me today. I feel like I've learned so much about you and the company. Um, yeah, so it's been really lovely. So thanks. Oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs>